You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Podcast, part of Big Team's Podcast Network. I am your humble host, the conductor of the Devin Punches hype train, rom-com aficionado, worshiper of Nikhil Harry and Damian Harris, truther, the old merry guy, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by only one of the guys uh, today, the biggest 49er fan you know, Arya Stark is a spirit animal, the only man who hates Larry Fitzgerald, and a fan of what scientists lovingly call, quote, facts. The ginger... Shaved man, I guess now. Nick Bodiford. Nick, how you doing? I'm good. Entirely shaved. I know. I'm, uh, <laughs> head to head to toe, uh, you got that full body shave. It's like a, a turtle shell. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I am good. I am uh, getting ready for going to one of my good friends' wedding uh, this weekend. We're leaving tomorrow morning, so there's all kinds of chaos, which is today morning for those who will be listening to this but i'll be on an airplane when this gets released uh and so i gotta finish packing and getting all this shit together he's having they're having a roast friday night for their wedding um and so i'm like preparing the presentation for that and i'm emceeing it so i gotta got a lot on my plate but almost there almost there we're almost there dude i a, a roast sounds like a very risky proposition to me <laughs> it, it is they were like they're like we want to do this for full high and i was like all right man i spent like there's a solid a solid like three minutes of my roast is just talking about how he's unable to smile and just showing horrible pictures of him smiling because he can't smile um but anyway so we'll see how it goes it's an ambitious call i mean power to you if you if you want to get roasted before your wedding hey man all all the more to you <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how well, I think I, I just examining his face isn't that big of a deal as, <laughs> as long as you guys aren't like shredding him for his deep dark personal secrets and I think he'll be okay <laughs> we just come out and be like man remember when you killed someone wow that was crazy yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> you, you see the limitations everyone's like oh what wait what just happened um all right we have a uh a, a quick show for you guys today we just wanted to get it out make sure that you know you're, you're still getting to hear our beautiful voices we've got some nfl news that we'll hit up and then we're going to go through and nick and i are going to give four of our favorite adps uh, because you know the drafts most some of you are drafting this weekend a lot of people are probably going to be drafting next weekend if you haven't drafted you you got two two weeks to do it basically um and so at this point it's looking at who we like and where but first let's hit with uh let's get to some news melvin gordon's holdout likely it seems like will continue into the season ian rapaport reported that golden's uh gordon's holdout is expected to continue uh and prefer per his uh you know insider info stuff so i ask you nick what's more likely gordon gets traded he plays for the chargers this season or he sits out the whole year well uh i think i i think i'd be surprised if he gets traded um i i think he comes back in week 10 okay 
he'll he'll accrue that extra season or, or right. whatever it is. I, I I'm out of loop on exactly what it is, but I know the week ten is important. I think for monetary purposes, he'll come back in week ten. Sounds good. Yeah, I I think I don't see them trading him as much as I would love to see him on. There are a, a litany of teams that I think would be great great to have him on but that doesn't seem likely and i and i don't know if he quite has the clout that Le'Veon bell has in order to send out a full season and still be able to you know kind of hit the open market as a and plus he's not this isn't a a contract year for him right am i correct is zeke has the contract year i think melvin gordon is just arguing he should be paying more um no no, no. uh zeke has zeke has his fourth year oh i've got a mixed up your option yeah um, I am looking just just for funsies. The uh, yeah, see that the Bucks only have four point one million in cap space, but they would be like the funnest place to go see him. Play. Oh, that would be amazing! I would be so happy to uh, to see to see them to see him in Tampa. Just yeah. actually give that offense a legit uh, ground game. So, who are you then buying uh, between Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson? I know you've in the past been kind of pro Justin Jackson, but you're the one who's tuned into yeah. camps in preseason. Are you still feeling that way or is Eckler the clear choice? It, it's Eckler. I, and um, he's, he's not only playing well in the preseason, which like it really, I don't know. Preseason performance is so just kind of a meh stat. It's yeah. more, are they running with the ones or not? And Eckler's getting like two thirds of the touches with the ones that Justin Jackson is. He can, he can, he has a more complete skill set, and if he's going to be getting to work, then you know in the preseason, that's the guy that I'm going to go with. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense, and that seemed to be what everyone kind of was thinking, and so it seems like it's played out that way. Moving on in the news, it seems like question mark possibly maybe the Antonio Brown helmet fiasco is over. He practiced with a helmet, so that seemingly has solved the issue. Uh, he said he's ready back, ready to play. Did you ever bump AB down because of this, or were you always just like, AB's going to AB, and which is be crazy, but also put up 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns? I don't know that I knocked him down that much further than I already had, just because of the fact that he, like for me, changing, changing teams is, is problematic sometimes, but going from a quarterback who will pretty much throw it to him. I know that, that their opinions on the podcast, the Ben Roethlisberger is very good. I don't think he's a very good person. Um, I think that the connection they had with Antonio Brown was amazing. Uh-huh. And going, you know, going from a quarterback who will throw it to him in like any situation to a guy who's basically a check down artist, you know, gun shy quarterback and Derek Carr. That enough for me was to just kind of take him off the board as a as a wide receiver for one. Um, so this <laughs> getting a visit from the dog. Um, uh, this just sort of cemented that that he's someone I just don't want to have to think about drafting. I, I suppose maybe I'd consider him as a wide receiver too, but he scares the hell out of me. Yeah. I mean, I think he's still going to produce. I was always of the fact that, like, look, you know, seemingly we've seen that AB has some, I won't say issues, but just uh, some eccentricities. Is that the right word? So, you know, he's got, yeah, yeah, he's got some things. Um, And so I, I, I never bumped him down because I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. I just, I kind of agree with you, but I also, I think, I think he's going to get a lot of work in that Raiders offense. Um, and I like Derek Carr. I think that he is actually a, a decent quarterback and we've seen that before out of him. I'm not saying a, you know, Antonio Brown's going to be a top five receiver this year, but I think that if you can get, if he's the second wide receiver that you're being able to draft, that's, that's a big win in my book. 
So I I do think he'll get a lot of work. I think they're going to be bad targets. So I think I maybe his best comp uh, for me this year is he's like a souped up Jarvis Landry. Hmm. Okay. I, they're not going to be deep targets. Um, they're they're he'll have a lot and they'll be short. And if it's you know PPR league, then okay. Yeah. I mean, a souped up Jarvis Landry still is is pretty decent. Uh, finally in the news, this happened last week on Friday, but we haven't gotten to it yet. Josh Gordon got reinstated uh, by the league. The NFL finally did something right for once. Uh, so the big question now is, is what is expectations for him? What are you feeling? Do you think that he is now basically a lot? I mean, we're, we're going to operate because we can only control so much and we only know so much. We're going to operate under the assumption that he plays the entire season. Let's let's hope, you know, I hope that he's healthy and I hope that he's in a mental place now where he feels good and, and, and is functioning and can and can contribute um, both to football, obviously, but to society and like is in a good mental place and has good mental health right now. So let's say he can play the full season. Where does he fall for you and wide receivers? Well, his his splits last year when uh, Gronk was either not playing or like not catching passes were. I, I don't think he went under like 80 yards of the game. He He's a beast. And I, he probably lacks the Randy Moss upside that I'd love to see. <laughs> to, to throw onto him, but yeah, exactly. But I, I think that, that a, we can reasonably pencil him in as a strong wide receiver too across all formats. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I think that he is someone, if you, to those people who had their drafts earlier in the off season, first of all, what are you doing? Second of all, and you like got Josh Gordon as your last pick or just for shits and giggles power to you, man. Cause you, you have some immense upside now on your team. You could have easily three, you know, presumably you nailed your first two wide receiver picks or even your first wide receiver pick. You could have two or three top 10, top 15 guys yeah. on your team. Well done. I- I love early drafts and, and some, some people, some folks, uh, some analysts, of course, Evan Silva and all the guys who established a run were uh, what they noticed when was it Nikhil Harry got number 10 taken away from him a few weeks ago. Oh, everyone's like, it was, oh. it was either, it was either Myers or, or Nikhil, Nikhil Harry was 10, but he was wearing eight okay. during the preseason. And that's probably why. Yeah. So they took away Josh, Josh Gordon, number 10, and they, they took that away from him. And a, a bunch of those guys were like, start drafting Gordon in like the eighth round. Cause this, this at least gives us, they, they read that as the Patriots think Josh Gordon's coming back. Those sneaky goddamn Patriots. Uh, also in Patriots news, Julian Edelman passed his physical and Demarius Thomas has suited up for practice. The Patriots are now rooted <laughs> at the receiver position. So we went from went and by we, I mean me as a part of the team went from Jacoby Myers, basically being our number one receiver to now having three legit weapons. I love it. Dude, this receiving score in like 2015 would have been unreal. <laughs> it would have been excellent. Oh, Demarius Thomas. I I don't think that there's he's going to contribute anything this season. Sorry, TT. No. I mean, I, I hope you're good and healthy, but yeah, let's be honest. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's the news. So we're going to get into our favorite ADPs right now. Um, we each have four guys who we are buying at their current spot. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. Who is a guy who you are very high on because of where he's going right now? I'm really excited about Justice Hill. Uh, he's going as the RB, or he's going uh, 165th overall in half point PPR and 166 in standard. 
the dude is a freak athlete and he is a very good pass catcher. He, I think is okay in pass protection too. Um, but those, those things right there, uh, elevate, you know, you, you have to be able to play in the past game as a running back. Um, Mark Ingram is a veteran running back who is coming off a PED suspension. Those guys, that doesn't, um, all that typically means, is a, a harbinger he is healthy as fuck because he has pumped his body full of steroid. He is not 30 years old right now. He is playing at the body of a 25 year old. Last year, yeah, but now he's fully up the juice, and yeah, and now he's feeling the age. The age is coming, smacking him right back in the face. Yeah, I think that that Mark Ingram is going to be a good like early season player, but I think Justice Hill is going to smash. Yeah, that's I. So I love Mark Ingram. I'm so excited to see him play in an offense that actually prioritizes the run. I know that the Saints did run the ball actually more more than you would think given they have Drew Brees and given their affinity for passing. But I just, I'm, I've loved Mark Ingram since he's come into the league and I'm excited to see what he actually does in an offense that runs the ball. But even I, a Mark Ingram truther can agree with you that justice Hill, I think you're right in the trajectory of there. It seems like this has become a very stale narrative where the veteran running back plays the first five, six or so weeks it gets you pretty good production, but then the rookie has one or two games that blows off or the veteran gets injured, whatever, dinged up, what have you, in the middle of the season. Rookie comes in, takes that role, and never gives it back. I'm yeah. 100% expecting the exact same thing to happen in Buffalo because there is no way LaShawn McCoy finishes <laughs> at, as their number one back this year. That's yeah, just, no, it's just absolutely yeah. stupid to think that that's happening. So, um, so yeah, so I could see that happening. Uh, I'll, stick with the, I'll stick with the Ravens. Because a guy who I recently have just become obsessed with and am buying everywhere is Mark Andrews, their tight end, one of their tight ends. Uh, going in the 13th round, 1306 is, is what his ADP is. He finished tight end 16 last year, uh, which is a testament to, I guess, him, but also more so how barren the tight end position is that he played like casually last year and still managed to finish, you know, top 20 tight end. Uh, but the biggest thing for me is that Everyone likes to talk about how when Lamar Jackson took over, how the uh, Ravens passing attack went down and how all of their receivers, you know, John Brown and all these receivers, Willie Sneed, weren't as viable or as valuable in fantasy anymore because Lamar Jackson took over. Mark Andrews actually was the Ravens' most productive receiver when Lamar Jackson took over. He caught 13 balls for a team leading on 308 yards in that time. So... I, for whatever reason, he seems to be able to produce with Lamar Jackson. And it's not a volume. It's not a target thing. It's just he gets the ball and has space to make moves and operate. He's averaging 23 yards per catch. So in the middle of the 13th round, I'm going to take that. I can probably pair him with a tight end who's maybe I'm a little more confident or whose who's floor is a little bit higher. But I'm buying Mark Andrews everywhere I can. So I think Mark Andrews is one of like five tight ends over the last 15 years or something who has crossed 500 yards in his rookie year. Like it's, it's him and Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, and like two other guys. Um, so he's in elite, elite company, company that he has joined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I, I love him as the player. I think he's, he has the chance to be uh, a phenomenal uh, receiving tight end. What scares me about him is that he's not quite getting as many reps as I want to see in the preseason. Um, Nick Boyle is on the field for all right. Lamar Jackson downs. And so like they, they, you know, they want an extra blocker out there. So I, I really like Mark Andrews as a player. I, if you're going for a late round tight end strategy, you're trying to just platoon two tight ends. 
um, Mark Andrews is totally a, a worthy flyer. He's somebody that I absolutely want to root for. Right. Um, I just hope that his usage is there. I'm just, I'm, and I'm also, and this is might be entirely my own fabrication in my head. I've also basically just treating him as that big wide receiver version of a tight end in the sense that like, because you said Nick Boyle is going to be probably getting most of the touches because he can block because they want him in the line. But I don't necessarily see that as hindering Mark Andrews's uh, time on the field, because I think he can bounce outside and play in the slot and be basically a big receiver. Um, so we'll see. I have no, I have nothing to back that up. That's just my, my feeling in a whim. Um, and so that's what I'm treating it as my, in my head. Who's another guy. You- on good players. Yeah, exactly. Who's another guy you're liking? Uh, Royce Freeman. He is going uh, as the uh, he's going to your uh, number one oh eight in half point PPR and ninety eight in standard. Um, he is quietly getting a ton of snaps with the first team. Which um, is, I have spent like this entire off season f- going back and forth on Philip Lindsay and on what I like about Philip Lindsay. And one of the biggest deterrents is the fact that they are giving Royce Freeman a lot of touches this preseason and in camp and just like they want to seemingly turn this into a committee. So the thing is, so um, he is a really good, uh, I believe they're, they're transitioning to whatever is it Scaglieri or whatever their, their new OC. Um, I think he was like the run game coordinator or, or offensive line coach or something, but um, they're switching to a scheme that is much more suited to him. I believe it's his own blocking scheme, but, one kind of, as, as they say, sticky stats, uh, meaning stats that uh, indicate, uh, one, a player is good, and two, the production will be there on a year-over-year basis is yards after contact. He had like over three and a half, or around three and a half yards after contact last year. And I think Philip Lindsay, Philip Lindsay might have been like under two yards after contact. Like he's. Well, Philip Lindsay weighs like 100 pounds. So. Totally, totally. But but the, the, the point is, one, um, Freeman produced better in that statistic, but he also didn't just produce better. He produced, his, that number is really good. Yeah. Um, so it indicates that he is a strong runner. He, he suffered uh, some injuries last year that I think slowed him down. I think that he is the, the 1A in the Denver backfield in 2019. And if you're getting that after pick 100, like, sign me up. Yeah, no, I agree yeah. with that. I mean, I was super, I was huge on him last year going into the season. And then you, you said, you know, you said it, he got injured and seemingly lost touches to Philip Lindsay. And then Philip Lindsay emerged. But you also, it, you can't live and die by this, but you can get some insight in that Royce Freeman was their third round pick last year. Philip Lindsay is an undrafted rookie. Yes, you can have just the undrafted rookie take off and third round pick gets ignored, but like, the, f- the franchise itself, the Denver Broncos are going to, in their sophomore seasons, look to try to get Royce Freeman more involved because they made that draft investment in him and to see what he can do. And if he can't do anything, that's fine. But you know that they're not just going to give this backfield to Philip Lindsay and be like, Royce Freeman, you're completely neglected. They're going to try to get him touches. They're going to try to have him succeed to show that they were right in drafting him. Um, and so, yeah, I'm buying that. Another guy that I am liking, I don't have any running backs on my list. I, I feel like there's not anyone there who I'm crazy about. So I'm excited. I'm sure you've got plenty. So I'll, I'll take I only have running backs. Oh, perfect. There we go. We balance each other out so well. Uh, friend of the podcast, AJ Green. Now, I am not just saying this because I love to just talk about AJ Green because he's a phenomenal wide receiver and presumably a phenomenal person. And, you know, like I said, friend of the podcast, we, we text regularly. Uh, 
but he's going in the fifth round, beginning of the fifth round right now. And I understand he's injured and that he's likely to miss the first three or so weeks of the season. But the fifth round means that I can draft if I'm smart, right? I can get two, I can get my RB1, RB2, my wide receiver one, and my wide receiver two, and then take AJ Flippin Green, who is missing, even if he misses the first five weeks of the season, I still have 11 weeks. Well, 10 weeks, because there's a buy in there. 10 weeks of AJ freaking Green, uh, who is a top 10 receiver when healthy. So I'm 100% doing that. I mean, if I can get Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, and AJ Green as my wide receiver core, yeah, uh, I'm doing that, no problem. Um, uh, I managed to get him in an auction draft earlier this week uh, for $3. So oh, hell yeah. On who you're playing with, people are, are sleeping on him. That, that one's fun because that one's got a, a pretty large uh, uh, four-digit pot for that season. So that's awesome. But um, the, the problem the problem I have with AJ Green is just the people that are going around him. Now I'm looking at, at uh, I have half point PPR in front of me right now. Yeah. Mine are all standard. I, I should like, clarify that. Okay. So he, so if he's going to the fifth, okay, that's a little bit better. I don't really actually have very many fifth round targets that I like, uh, but the fourth round for half point PPR, the guys going behind him are, um, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, OJ Howard, Tyler Boyd, who I, I prefer. But um, if you do have a situation where you, you start out with a killer first few rounds and you're able to go get a wide receiver one from, you know, I, I, I would just go conservative and say through weeks like five to 16, it's probably worth it. Oh, it's super. Yeah. And like, I guess, honestly, this is part of this and this might be part of how I, I plan to. It's like, this is this is very much the uh, the Patriots model of approaching things. It's like the regular season only matters so much, and then once you get like you just have to get yourself into the fantasy playoffs, and then who knows what happens once you're in there. And if I yeah. can if I can get my team good enough that I can just get in there, and then I have a healthy AJ Green coming back to me for weeks ten, you know, even if he sits out first ten weeks, like whatever whatever the Bengals do with him. Just the fact that I can get AJ Green, who is a top 10 receiver, I fundamentally believe that when he is healthy, he will immediately bump up into that category in that tier. I can get him in the fifth round. I'm doing that every single time, and I'm not thinking twice about it. Another guy whose ADP you are digging. Yeah, this won't be a surprise, but my uh, my number three guy is, is Miles Sanders, uh, number 76 what? overall in, in, in half point PPR, uh, number 60, uh, 66 in, in standard. Um, you're you're talking about the first time that Doug Peterson is going to have a running back who can play on every down. This team is going to live in the red zone, and yeah, Jordan Howard is going to get some touches, but he's not going to get the majority. Miles Sanders the, he, next year he's going to be a second round pick at worst. This, like, Makes I know too excited. <laughs> It's just like, what are what are we what are we doing here? We're talking about the lead back in a high octane offense. It's just going to score points. They're just going to hand the ball off to him against seven man boxes. This is crazy. Go go! Don't leave your draft without Miles Sanders. <laughs> so you have you have no qualms or worries about the fact that the and I understand that you are in your head. Miles Sanders is a different back than everyone than every back that the Eagles have had over the last few years. But you have no worries about Doug Peterson traditionally having shown that he just does you know best man up running back by committee. He doesn't give mass amounts of touches to any one player. No, I'm I'm not. I mean, if you look at the guy, like were they going to throw the ball to Blake Garrett once? 
You know, like it. it hey, man, they Jordan these, Howard. Jordan Howard is coming for all of those receiving touches. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> he's like working his ass off trying to catch passes, and all of the reports are like he, he just can't hold on to the ball through the air. Yeah, that's, that's, it's a bummer for him. But that's I can't understand running backs being unable to catch. Like I can't understand professional basketball players being unable to shoot free throws. Right. Like, it's just like, this is your um, job. Like you should be able to catch a football. You should be able to at the very least hit free throws at like a 70% rate, a passable. Yeah. Rate. I, I fully agree. <laughs> um, and, and I guess to, to continue to hammer the point, like Darren Sproul is just 36 years old. <laughs> Are we really worried about a 36 year old running back taking a serious workload? How dare you speak ill. Um, Nick, you're just hating <laughs> Darren Sproles, all these old players who everyone loves. You would just despise them. You kick them out to the curb. He's, he's awesome, but like, I, I don't, he, he can't take a full workload. And, and I, look, Jay Ajayi got 14 touches a game for this team. If you don't, at one, if Miles Sanders gets 14 touches a game, he's, he's going to do more than what Jay Ajayi did. And Jay Ajayi was a startable fantasy yeah. asset. Yeah. He's going to get more than 14 touches. Yeah, I think that's your best argument right there. I mean, yeah, Jay Ajayi was a viable fantasy option in this in this backfield, and Miles Sanders is better than him. Uh, before we go any further, we're going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. So the next guy that I'm going to talk about is a quarterback in case that you're someone who likes to wait. I personally never draft early quarterbacks except for this year in the league because it's the league that is in my long running league with a bunch of my friends. We decided to make it a super flex league, which I am so here for. So that just destroys my sit and wait for quarterbacks. Uh, mentality but if you're playing in a traditional league without a super flex the the guy a guy who I'm targeting who's going in the 12th round back end of the 12th round 12 10 is going uh Kirk Cousins who I know people are very panicked I guess over the Vikings offense is their passing attack and just kind of what they think it's going to be I understand that they're going to have a, a more invested emphasis on the ground game but that's not going to completely remove the passing game i feel like people are freaking out thinking that the vikings just aren't going to pass the ball which is not how football works people uh plus kirk cousins hasn't been below a top 13 fantasy quarterback since he became a starter in the nfl so the last five years or so he's always finished and last year was his worst year at quarterback 13 he's currently going back quarterback 20 um and so even if he slides even further to quarterback 15 Right, I'm still getting a return on my investment in ADP. He has weapons. He throws touchdowns. He doesn't throw interceptions. Like you can say whatever you want about him as an actual football player. I don't think that he has proven to be a great football quarterback, but he has proven himself to be a great fantasy football quarterback. 
Um, so we're we're on complete opposite sides of the fence here. I'm I'm pounding the alarm. Um, Robert Mays and, and Kevin Clark talked about on uh, this week's of the, the Ringer uh, NFL podcast. Um, they they talked to to Kirk Cousins. Now he's spitting out all of this analytical information, and then they sat down with the coach and the GM, and they basically were the antithesis of everything that Kirk Cousins had to say. Um, this awesome. team, when they changed when they changed offensive coordinators from a guy who likes to throw on first down last year, I mean, we talked about this. Adam Thielen went from balling out in the slot to being kicked outside half the time, and his yardage went from 100 yards a game to 48. Um, this team believes in the three yards in a pile of dust uh, adage, and and they want to do that and then throw when necessary. And they're also they're I like Stephon Diggs a ton, and I think that he's phenomenal in the slot, just like um, Adam Thielen is. I think that Stephon Diggs is a bit of a better route runner, so he should be on the outside more and let Thielen do his thing on the inside. Anyway, I don't think they're using their receiving assets quite the way that they should be. Um, this is a team I, I would go, I think, later on quarterback. Um, and to uh, spoiler alert here, um, I think Dak Prescott's going up the board at QB 21. Let me let me bring it up because the last time I looked because okay. I looked today because we had just talked I didn't want to talk about Dak because we had just talked about him on uh, mm. today's podcast because we're all in on him and so yes you definitely should target Dak don't don't think that you shouldn't but uh, but I thought that he was going ahead of Kirk Cousins I thought Kirk Cousins is I mean let me quickly bring up stats and information working hard right now Dak Prescott going QB eighteen according to Fantasy Football okay. Calculator Kirk Cousins yeah. going QB twenty. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I misunderstood. Um, Which is still, I mean, that's, you're right. They're, they're, those are guys are close enough. They're both going in the 12th round. So if you can pick one or the other, yes, I think we're both leaning towards Dak as a, as a podcast. I was just trying to think of someone else. And I, I guess for me personally, even if the Vikings go so hard in the run game, that Kirk Cousins like doesn't pass for 4,000 yards and doesn't throw 20 touchdowns. Like if they go that drastic, you invested a 13th round pick in him. So like, who cares? Well, that's fair. And and then you hit the waiver wire and you try to find, you know, Patrick Mahomes 2.0. So that's, I guess that's my, the, my biggest plus for Kirk is that he's shown himself to be a very capable fantasy quarterback and the Viking staff might be completely fucking that, you know, they might completely ruin all of that, but I'm going by history. I've seen that he's routinely given t- close, fluctuating around top 10 fantasy quarterback production. He's going quarterback 20. I'll take that those odds any day. Okay. Uh, last person who you were loving their ADP. Yeah, this one's tough. I, I got a few that, uh, that I've been focusing on, but I guess I'll go with the one that I'm, I'm most upset about. I got up and walked to the kitchen during my draft earlier this week. <laughs> Latavius Murray went off the board for $3 uh, and I was, I, I was going to nominate him. And I realized that he had gone off the board 20 minutes earlier, and I was furious. <laughs> uh, so Latavius Murray, uh, he's being selected number 85 overall in half-point PPR, 79 overall in standard, which actually that surprises me that it should be flipped. But you're, you're looking at, at uh, Mark Ingram over the last couple of years with a, a, an emphasis on getting touches in the red zone. He's, he's, he's a standalone flex play, and in some cases will be an RB2. And if Alvin Kamara goes out, you're looking at a guy who I mean, 
a fringe RB1? Oh, you don't even need to – you're saying – I mean, you're right. Look at Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram was able to produce in that offense. But screw that. Look at Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray has always been the second running back as soon as he left Oakland and yet somehow has continually managed to be like a top 25-plus fantasy running back. So, yes, of and, course. And I'm, and he's going in the Saints offense where we've seen him. We've seen that yeah. – running back put forward monster fantasy numbers i mean i think he's better than 25 year old body ped using mark ingram right now i probably probably i just god can you imagine playing behind the vikings offensive line right then going to this thing like playing behind the vikings offensive line and still producing still having a viable fantasy season he's gonna be he's gonna be a steal yeah, no, I totally agree with that. We talked about that. On, uh, talked about him on Tuesday's show. Um, but yeah, when we went around the NFC and gave all of our breakdowns for those, so make sure you go listen to that podcast. But uh, but definitely, definitely, he's a definitely a buy. Uh, my last guy is whatever you feel about the Jacksonville Jaguars. You a wide receiver one is a wide receiver one, and I feel like D.D. Westbrook is being ignored because he's on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he is going to be their number one wide receiver. He managed to be a wide receiver 31 last year with Blake fucking Bortles as his quarterback. Say whatever you want about Nick Foles. Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Blake Bortles. That better, that passing game is going to be better than when it was led by Blake Bortles. So I, I'm hearing people be like, is Nick Foles really that much better than Blake Bortles? Like Blake Bortles wasn't even the 32nd best quarterback Blake in the NFL. Bortles couldn't throw a fucking football to <laughs> like Nick Foles went toe to toe with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I will say like the, the Eagles defense made the final play to win that Super Bowl. Nick Foles had to score 40 plus points and move the ball up and down the field in order to even stay in that game. So don't, don't think that Nick Foles is just like, I mean, I understand he's, it could just be the the system, but but who moved down with him? What his? Well, that's fine. He has a system. Right. Exactly. Filippo's with him now. Exactly. Sorry, I cut. Yeah. No, 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 I no, cut. That's, that's what I was looking for. That I was looking for that. Yeah. D. Filippo came down with him. He's playing still in that Eagles system. So D. D. Westbrook going in the ninth round, nine ten is where he's currently being selected. He's a wide. He's the wide receiver one. He's going to get targets. He's going to get receptions. That offense, people love to hate on it. Glad we did this when Clark was in on, <laughs> but like that's D.D. Westbrook is another guy who, who's can get you. He could be a, a wide receiver too. And you're getting him, you know, yes. basically in the double digit round. So I'm a hundred percent on that. He's such a great value pick. It's, it's unreal. He's, he's absolutely going to lead that team in targets. Um, full, full love throwing the slot. It's yeah. It, this, this is an, an awesome, uh, this is an awesome pick. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh my gosh. It's not often that we agree, but it's so nice when it happens. Uh, is there anyone you want to throw in rapid fire last second? Cause I know you said you got a big old list. So I didn't know if you have someone who you're dying that you want to say before we go. Uh, just uh, given what we were talking about at the beginning of the, the pod, I think that uh, Austin Eckler going off the board, number 79 in half point PPR and 74 in standard that needs to fly up. Yeah. Cause you're it. I think look, all, all we're at our flex, you're my, we're just trying to read the tea leaves. Um, the tea leaves right now, as I'm reading them, are that Melvin Gordon's going to be out until week 10. And so if you can go get yourself a rock-solid RB2 uh, for, what is that, in the, the seventh round? Yeah. Go. Do that. Go Don't be stupid. <laughs> uh, awesome. And go draft Josh Gordon because he's going to be 
freaking ridiculous. Excellent. Uh, enjoy your weekend. It's preseason week three. Enjoy your drafts if you're drafting. Quick little plug. Uh, if you listen to us begrudgingly because you're like, ah, I mean, I enjoy fantasy football, but really fantasy basketball is what I'm all about. <laughs> well, you're in luck. Uh, we will be starting. We have a fantasy basketball podcast that we are starting next week. It's first episodes coming out Wednesday. I am hosting it along with our basketball writer at fake teams, Natty Wallach. Um, and so if you enjoy fantasy basketball, make sure to subscribe to the fake teams podcast network, uh, because you'll be getting, that will be coming out from there. Uh, make sure you just do it anyways, so that you continue to get rb1 podcasts and continue to get our good helpful insight uh make sure to follow us on twitter at rb1 podcast follow myself at pm rogers follow nick at ginger underscore underscore nick without a k like i said we will be back at you guys next week until then make you wait for it peace